Inside Nigeria, keeping you informed on what matters. Good morning, listeners in Abuja and all of well, This is another edition of Inside Nigeria here at the Leadership Podcast Studio. And of course, my name is Bode Nadibo, with my regular co-host Winifred Ogwebo, who has been handling the show without me for the past one week. Winifred, I'm back. Yes, I can see that. But it's good to have you back. Thank you so much. Let's Thank you. I'm glad you are back. Yeah, and of course, you can see <laughs> our technical people already let the count out of the back. Our guest analyst today is Mr. Jibril Baba Indache, a journalist with the Blueprints newspaper and a security analyst. Good morning. It's my pleasure to be here. I think it's also important to tell our listeners that you are the immediate past chief press secretary to the Niger State Government. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's go there. There are a lot of issues in Nigeria today to talk about. And the papers are mirroring some of them. All right. As usual, we're starting with Nigeria's most influential newspaper, the Leadership. On the front page of Leadership this morning, we about the politics of 2023. Northern elders take on southern governors reject power shifts. 2023. Northern elders take on southern governors reject power shifts. And of course, we have a Three riders to this story. The northern elders are saying the north will not continue to lead. Okay, say the north will continue. According to northern elders, are following. Stop self-help in that world to avoid anarchy. ACF wants stop self-help in that world to avoid anarchy. ACF, of course, is the Ariwa conducted from the Pan uh, Northern Social Cultural Organization. And the last writer on the list story today is no region can solve own problems alone, according to the Senate President, Ahmad Dawa. Ah, uh, for at least um, historically we have been active, at <laughs> least uh, even as journalists or as undergraduates in the last so I am not surprised that it's more of it to come. Um, uh, even reading through Nigerian history, you find that pre uh, independent, since independent, all these issues not south as But at the end, the politicians and stakeholders have a way of reaching out to each other and solving the problems that are about this country. So I'm not, I'm not bothered that this will uh, leave with anything of course this is not the first time this will not every time that is getting close to the election yeah. year at local government level at state level at federal level these issues will keep coming up about who those world but we must understand at the end it must be Nigeria first uh, whether power shift or no power shift what we want we want a country that is inclusive that gives justice that gives uh, um, uh, good governance to all Nigerians give all Nigerians a sort of if you look at the right there yes um, like uh, who says what the, the northern the north who said who said that the north, the, I think the northern elders called and that was a response to what uh, the southern yes, governor uh, my advice would be that as politicians, they should also always, because sometimes the ordinary people take what they see out of context. 
you know, and this can lead to certain heating uh, up of the politics. So I hope that at the end we should look at the interests of Nigeria. That it will be whether it's going to the north or it's going to the south, we want the president, that will be president for all that we need in Nigeria to promise that making Nigeria realize its potential. Well, that's uh, interesting. Well, even though the police school actors are not helping, yes, that's what like I said. Uh, authorities are coming. Yes, because uh, uh, sometimes you sit and just blame for uh, journalists for taking side issues. When the journalists come to you, it's what you say that you report. For instance, what is on this cover now? It's, it was not created by leadership. It was. It's what it is a response. You know, what also was taken earlier was also what the chairman of the Southern Governor said. So the most understand that you know there are certain things that when they see you know it have a way of impacting on the politics negatively it's very important and uh, if you look at the writer for instance uh, i have had course on a program that uh, i had uh, last week at the issue of back i said well whatever when i was having i said whatever we are going to do let us not look at it from the angle of one section of the country, mm-hmm. try to look at one as if uh, it's uh, this thing. Because I, I and I use the example of Alaska. Alaska is a state in the US that was sold by Russia. When Russia thought that with uh, just a million dollars, but then when Russia thought that Alaska was nothing, it was a burden on them. But today, Alaska is one of the most important, as far as being the most important state in the history of, uh, of the US. So we shouldn't look at today. One part of the country may have something that the whole country is depending on. Tomorrow, another part will have something that the whole country... So when one has it, we shouldn't look at one other part as if that this attitude of looking at a particular section of the country are pathetic or that they are not fit to offer. Because table, uh, the time change and table comes, you know, so we must understand that this is a nation and even a family. Sometimes one person will be the one that will go first and then the person that you don't even think we know he's very important in the family will be in the future. In within a generation will be become the most important and the most important in the family. So we must look at the country. This country is a country of very huge potential. We must look at it from that perspective and see how every part of every Nigeria will benefit from whatever belongs to this country, not just the politicians but also the yeah, I think you've spoken well. Yes, and for the last time on that story, yes. that's what I, you say you are also encouraging companies and telling people to just stay where they are. That is because you maintain. No, 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 no. Of course, you, 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 you know my stand on some of these issues. Even as an individual, since I left uh, uh, Mina. Everything I do is happening. I can decide not to come on radio or TV again. I would say that I did that to market, but I really keep reinventing myself. I need to keep, you know, also capacity building and developing your potential. It's not enough to talk about your potential. What are you doing about it? So every state has something to bring to the table, you know. So we must look inward. This is also a clear warning and signal. Every state must look at what is potential. Niger, Sokoto, whatever states in this country must look at what is it that there is potential and looking what to do to also develop what God has given tourism and the other areas and all of that. We must take advantage of it so that every for instance I had because I don't know whether it's this program that even as a country and as a state we cannot say that there is anything that will make anybody come to Nigeria. 
Now, the government as a country will not taking advantage of our potential. As a country, we don't have a national career that all the countries in Africa should depend on. Which state will you say today out of the 36 states, including the, the oil producing states? What are the oil producing states producing? In terms of investing, like countries like South Africa, like Saudi Arabia, like UAE, they have oil or they have looked beyond oil. What are even the oil producing states in Nigeria producing that you can see they are, they are, they are, they are, they are investing in agricultura is there a destination? In other parts, we are talking about almost two decades. And nothing, it, uh, there is no consistency in government. One government, even one decent political party, one government leave, the other one count, that is all. We are not looking at what you call what other countries do. Development plan, 10 years, 20 years. Other countries are only talking about 2050, 2060. In Nigeria, if something is even beyond one time, we are not talking of four, eight years. Nobody is ready. We can't develop like that. Even as an individual, you want to have your plan. What do you want to achieve in the next five years, in the next ten years? As your family is growing, you have to plan about the size of your family, income, and all of that. We don't do that in this country. So as it is today, for the no state in Nigeria is viable apart from one or two states. Because even the so-called uh, oil producers, they are not producing anything apart from oil. So we must look in what and develop what we have to look at beyond the oil economy. Is it tourism? Is it agriculture? Is it uh, health? Is it uh, education tourism? We have a state now that will say, okay, people are going to that state because they have better education than anything. No! One state in Nigeria can fit, uh, can, can, can fit the whole of uh, Africa. What are we doing with this potential? All this lack of planning. Once a particular government starts something, another government, in fact, from my experience in government, my sister, if a governor wants to continue project of previous administration, he will be alone. Many people around his circle will discourage him. Ah, why are you never wasting time on the glory to this thing? As if uh, development is about a party or about one person. So we 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 but then we must change our attitude as a as a country and as politicians and stakeholders beyond we say uh, power to this power to that no we must ask ourselves what are we doing with that power to to impact on the life of the ordinary people and ordinary Nigeria doesn't care where the president comes from he wants good road he wants good hospital he wants good school for his children he wants food at his table and other opportunities. Entonces, 
President Buhari will spend eight years. Some people's life in Gaura will remain the same. Oh, President Gulo uh, Jonathan has gone uh, almost how many years? Some people in the authority uh, will still remain the same. What people want is good governance and opportunity. These are just the border people. Somebody graduates from school and he cannot he no job and he hears that some people who do, do one thing or the other to get the job and he cannot get it and they were talking about uh, uh, whether it is uh, north, south, it must go to this place, it must come, come to this place. Politics to economy. One thing we need to actually develop, we need to develop our own, our own uh, our well-being to be developed and improved. Thank you. Yes, moving over to a start publication on national economy. National economy has been discovered today, 15 years after concession, modern operations transport activities. 15 years after concession, modern operations transport activities. And on the rider, we have 80% of service providers still operate manually. And this is what you call a motion without uh, movement. After 15 years, uh, we concession the post to private uh, operators and they are still operating uh, manually. So we discussed with this before this morning. Is our national economic correspondent from Nigeria's commercial capital of Lagos, Yusuf Babalona. Yusuf, are you with me? All right, Yusuf, good morning. Good morning. Yes. How is Lagos this morning? No, are you hearing us? Can I hear you? Alright. Alright, good, good, good. Now, you, you see, you can see what is on the front page of the national economy. Uh, I understand yes. you also that report. Now, what is yes. happening at the population port? In 15 years after concession, manual operation is still the order of the day. Take us through what is happening the yeah. problem. Yes, the problem of Nigerian port, as, as it is presently, is that uh, we still operate a manual port instead of an automated port. That is why we see people, series of people at the port on a daily basis. Human, human contact, human to human transaction, breeding corruption, breeding inefficiencies, and also, you know, you know, Nigerian port is supposed to be at par with those in West and Central Africa, but. Majority of our operations are still done manually. You still submit bill of lading by hand to shipping companies. So you see mammoth of crowd in shipping companies every day trying to submit bill of lading. You still see terminal delivery order given to truck, truck drivers by hand. You, you, you also see container stacking. It's still manual. Instead of you to just have your container stacking number, so, so, and so, you know, you have series of containers. This is where your container is. Just go straight to the place. But they will have to start searching for your container from one end to the other. And this has been the other way. And this is one of the reasons why government concession, the, the government of um, ex-Revolution Gombaton, your concession report in 20, 2006 to drive efficiency. But we still have these things done manually, which is not our in port activities. No, the port activity is supposed to be a, a transit point. How do I mean? You drop your con your container drop from the ship in 24 hours at most. Pick your consignment and go out of the port. But the manual processes are still dragging us back. They're dragging us back. That's why you see containers spend a lot of days before they look for the container for you, before they do examination. After examination, before you even take your bill of it, you have also have to give your truck driver a manual terminal delivery order, TDO, to go and pick your consignment in the port. So these are the things that are happening. 
our ports are supposed to be automated. The XY executive secretary of Shippers Council have said this severally. We have to automate to be efficient. We have to automate to compete with our neighbors. If you go to Kotonu, Kotonu port is automated. If you go to port in Singapore, but the problem is we have our leaders, stakeholders, head of these agencies traveling abroad. They travel abroad, they see how these ports operate. In port of uh, Singapore, which is one of the best ports around the world, you just, it is only truck drivers that you see. They drive into big consignment and they come out. But in Nigeria, when you get to Papa Port, you will see mammoth of crowd. You will see people. Even you will see even people on the on, on the on the port side selling Toguguru. On the port side, you see them selling diesel. You will see police controlling traffic. These are still manual ways of doing things. Why can't we use traffic light to control? Why not technology to control traffic? You still see MP official police telling trucks to go inside the ports. Why? Why are they there? These are corruption. These are what are breeding corruption. That is why one of the reasons why we are still having the challenge on the road. The challenge we are having on the road is human problem. And it's not because of anything, it's because of corruption. When there is human to human contact, there will be corruption. Why can't I, as an importer, sit in the confines of my room and clear my cargo? Why do I need to be at the port? Why do I need to submit my bill of lading manually? Why do I need to take my bill of lading? So a shipping company, why do I why do I need to do that? Why can't I send it through my mail? Why can't they respond to me through mail? Why can't I release my cargo without seeing a custom officer? But if I don't see a custom officer, that means my cargo will not exit the port. So that is the problem we are having. For efficiency, for consistency, we need to automate the port processes. Thank you so much, uh, What about the private operators that they were positioned to? What was going on? What is happening to them? Have there been effort, efforts to track them on this? Hello? Yes, sir. Hello? Are you hearing us? Uh, yes, I'm with you. I'm with you. As what about the private sector? Okay. Yes, the private operators, that is those who we are also talking about. The government has handed over the ports. The terminals are now in charge of. Can you hear me? The terminals yes, are now in charge of. They are now in the hands of private operators. To yes. so some extent. Are they, over it? are they not what? Pardon? The manual operation that they are still on. They are, they are still operating. Are they not in charge yes. over it? Are they not what? Are, okay, have they not been taxed? Yes, they, they are doing it. Uh, yes. What she says whether there is an effort on the part of the authorities, especially the Ministry of Transportation, to force the operators to go digital. Yes, yes. The the the, the, the Council is doing that. In fact, one of the terminal, Bemadi, is a is a shipping terminal. They are into Vico, Vico rolling, roll on, uh, roll on, roll off. That's Vico, Vico importation. They 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 are eighty eight percent. It's only their 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 TDO that they generate manually. So they are automating, but some operators are still not up to where they are supposed to be. Aside that, APMT is also doing very well. We have some, you know, without speaking for them or without not trying to, you know, mention names. So there are some operators that are doing very well. But there are some operators that want status quo to remain. Fifteen years after concession, there are some operators that are still not developed 
that are still not key into the development plan of the federal government. I think sanctions should be on them. But the Justice Pass Council is driving this automation. The XY is after secretary was driving it before he left. I just hope the current one will also continue from where Azambelo stopped. All right, finally, finally, Yusuf, I, I know you are aware of the presidential executive order on the ease of doing business. And the last yes. time we saw on this program, we talked about malfunctioning of servers at the port. Yes, and today sir. again, we are talking about a uh, manual operation at the port. So, briefly and lastly, can you tell us what Nigeria as a country is losing to these inefficiencies and what the exporters and the importers are also losing to these inefficiencies? Several billions of naira because a, a minute spent by a, a, a ship, a cargo vessel, in your port, you pay for it. So if you decide to delay them, they won't, they won't, they won't tell you not to delay them. They know, the importers will pay. And who pays at the end of the day? It is me and you. You and I. We pay at the end of the day. So Nigeria is losing several billions of naira to that. Because if your port is automated, that means in 24 hours I can get my cargo out. If it's not automated, that means seven, eight days my my cargo will still be in your port. So, and a port is a transit point from the vessel to the terminal, from the terminal out of the port. If that is not happening, if that is not happening, if that is not happening, you are paying for it. You are paying for it either through demorage, through storage. Shipping company will give you three days demorage free period. The three days, you will even spend the three days in the port. So immediately after three days, you start paying, you start paying demolish on your container. The container you use, they borrowed you. Now, I see we are having challenges with the connection with Yusuf Babalola, the correspondent of National Economic in Lagos, Nigeria's financial capital. Yusuf, are you back? All right, uh, we'll be going on a short break. We'll come back. We'll be looking at the front page of our uh, topic on our name this morning, which is the Blueprints newspaper. Stay with us, we'll be right back. Inside Nigeria, keeping you informed on what matters. Uh, welcome back. It's still inside Nigeria here. Uh, the last word leadership podcast, our studio, our nation capital of Africa. I'm still with our guest, Jibril Baba, in that chair, and of course, my regular co host, in fact, of the book. Welcome back. Yeah. Uh, we are still with Yusuf Babalola, national economic correspondent, who has been speaking with us from the post activities from Lagos. Yusuf, conclude your talk so that we can allow you to go. All right, I think the connectivity challenge as a persist. Now we're moving to the top paper on our meeting this morning, and that is the blueprint. And the front page of the blueprint this morning, we're looking at a different uh, story, a security story on blueprint uh, this morning. On the front page of blueprint, on below the masthead, we have how more Stacked Sokoto police station killed 13 bandits, according to locals. How much stacked Sokoto police station killed 13 suspected bandits, 
according to uh, Nokas. I saw the video and that she was very, very good. Yeah, it was very arrested to Nokas, and there were six from them by Nokas. You felt a bit. Yeah, and Bonet has got into that. Uh, if you look at it, um, of course, you know, as, as somebody has been on the defense beat following what is happening. Um, the locals are pushed to the wall um, because state governments in this area made all efforts, even taking decisions that some of us felt that was even not the right decision by trying to engage to see if they can call some of these commanders out of the bush. But uh, they just go killing spree, killing innocent people, raping women, and all of that. And they, they felt that. Uh, uh, at the end, when they go to police station, somehow, uh, because if you look at it, some of these criminals, uh, if you check their record, they have been built over time. So they feel that why keeping them in the police station? These are people, maybe some of these people from the community know them, you know, even though I am not supporting that uh, they still have their rights within the law, but I mean, people are aggrieved. They are aggrieved. People are tired. That uh, the, the, some criminals will just uh, overrun their community, take away their women, take away their foods, and all of that. And uh, this has been continued despite every effort by by both state and the federal government to stop it. So uh, this is it's not right that uh, maybe the monk took law into their hand. But uh, that, that is how pain people are in, in various communities, in, in particular in these areas. And they felt that. Uh, Maybe they may not get justice from the police station. Some of them will be seen again. Maybe information available to them that uh, maybe some of them have been arrested before and then on bail. And when they are left the book, they go back to the book to go and see commit the same crime. Uh, so the one lesson there is that there must be stringent law against criminal non-state actors. They, they should not be pampered. It should not be pampered or spared. And in, at the level we are voting to, government has given the leeway. Anybody that uh, they should be decimated, they should be clear. There shouldn't be any mercy on human beings who have no mercy, no respect for human life. There should not be all these arrests and talking to them, what are food done. I mean, it, it gives pain to people who are victims. Somebody who has committed crime and killed people you are arresting and you are asking, what have you done? Uh, what is it? What, uh, is it a thief? Are you? Is it a? Uh, is it a show? Is it a Nigerian show or this a show that is shown? It's not. It's a very serious matter. Criminals, when they are arrested, is either you don't giving give them room, fire for fire, they are dismantled, or when they are arrested, they don't follow don't follow the normal uh, law of yes, they have right within the law. But when you are a criminal and you decided to take law against the state, you also lose your right as a citizen. So even for us, some of us citizens, journalists and members of civil society, this idea of talking about human rights of criminals, we have to know how we talk about it. Because even criminals are in category. Somebody who consistently in the last one, two years are taking arms against the state, have killed security agencies, have raised communities, have killed innocents, raped women, and then you arrest them, you are keeping them the same police station with their community where they have killed people. Maybe some of these people know them. They know they were they arrested maybe in the past and they released, arrested, released, arrested, released, go back to the woods to commit the same crime. There has to be lesson learned from this. One, 
government must take certain measures against criminal newspapers. One, if there is a way that there is no need to bring them to the communities where this even they are resident, they should take them to separate places and then they shouldn't keep them for one, two months. Let the law take its course. Within one week, whatever it is, they are not. It's not uh, somebody that you say is a suspect. These people were arrested within a forest or a particular area. So wh what are we talking about? So we have to look at all these things uh, uh, very well. And there have been a lot of successes uh, in the ongoing uh, operation in the, the, the Northwest, especially. If you have to encourage a jungle justice, are you afraid that anarchy? No, uh, but I'm not. Uh, but I'm, not but I'm not talking. I'm not encouraging Okay. I'm not saying that. Uh, I, I mentioned it that they still have their right. Exactly. But sometimes when people are frustrated, and from my findings, some of these criminal non-state actors have been on bail. They've been arrested before. Some of them are known to members of the community that they've been arrested in the past, and maybe no certain measure was taken. And that's why I gave this example. You have seen this video. Sometimes a criminal that has killed people will be arrested and maybe a police officer will be uh, interviewing him. Uh, what is your name? Uh, what, 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 what crime did you commit? Uh, you, and then we say, the uh, and then uh, I killed a number of people, I've raped them. What are we talking about? Even human beings, even if you are not affected directly, listening to that, you will be paid. There is no need for that. Government must be very fair. Decisive and ruthless when it is necessary with criminality because these people have no respect for people. They have no respect for human life. And government has stretched their hands of uh, 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 what do you call you can't say friendship of call on them. Yes, to leave leave the bushes, come to town, come and start a normal life. Carrot approach. But it seems that uh, they are being involved in because they've been getting uh, some money and buying and they think that they can do what they want. So that's why people somehow, as bad as it is, they are taking law into their hands because they may feel that after some time, these uh, so-called bandits will be released into the bush, they will still go and commit. Some of them even go to committee to mock them and say, that, yes, you are the one, uh, yes, you, 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 you are the one, you are more, you are doing this, you pay for it. So, I am not encouraging more jungle justice. I am not saying that people should take law into their hands. But the security agencies must take the necessary steps. This glamorizing criminality by a criminal even showing off. Because that's the way I see A criminal who has killed people, you are interviewing him. Instead of an have killed these people, have killed this thing, have killed a number of No. No, you don't even give them room because government are giving them enough room. Let them, let them like uh, the chief of army say, let them, they, they should send them to court, let them go and answer their family. That's not our problem. They choose their part. And whatever the consequences that come, we taking that part of being criminal justice actors, even after the state uh, actors are, are pleading for you uh, using a carrot approach to refuse. You know that Stella Katana Zamfara has taken steps to woo them. Even the, the, some of us will criticize them. I, for me, I'm not uh, the approaches of those states are not seen that uh, I think all over the world is in great. They are regretting it because there is nowhere but in the world, nowhere in the world where it is.
go face to face to engage criminal data. It is done all over the world, even in the United States. Government engage with bandits, drug war, all manner of criminal notable, but they do it through torture. The government face is not known, it's not seen. You know, but in a, in a state where a governor wants to stay in the bush, based on the condition given by a, a, a criminal, you know, not in your office, a governor, a serving governor of a state going to bush to want to stay with a, a criminal with AK-47, given condition. One, you don't do it directly. Two, you don't do it from position of weakness. The way there is higher power now on them, ground that yeah, this is the chance that any of them that come out, because before I begin the speech that you want. But this, as bad as it is today, we may see more of this. Because the various communities are angered now. That is why you see in some communities, people are voluntary to be member of the team to work with the themselves. To protect themselves. You cannot afford. You, in fact, sometimes for some people in the community that we have interacted with, it's better that they take their life back to take away their children and rape their women. Because if there is nothing that deflates the ego of a man when he sees himself helpless in a situation that his family, he cannot portray his wife and children, and, and, and nothing is done. So it's very painful. So I hope that the right lesson will be learned in all of this or uh, in this uh, process. Alright, so we need to go to the last paper for the day, and that is a new paper. We need to go the first day of the show. Please, panify again. Should we use our smart heroes in ABC? What is it? Panify again. Should we use our smart heroes in ABC? What is it? And on the right guy says, Bullying party has lost direction. Or just not the fan who stole the ball to join ABC. I think uh, the second one yeah, is a dramatic <laughs> aspect of the uh, story. And I think uh, the party should change. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Uh, mysterious or. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. He's trying to actually uh, uh, play to what. Uh, Former national chairman of APC, commander of the Shimon Wars, whenever whatever you must have done before, whenever you join the APC, your sins will be forgiven. Maybe that's why this particular yeah, is yeah. holding on the canon and Sunday you go to join APC so that they can be left to the book. I remember they, uh, like we said uh, earlier.
he's been defending himself and his position and uh, about his movement to the political fight to APC. One, he looked at the uh, issue of national interest. That that was one of his motivating factors. The time for all uh, people who need to rally around and put Nigeria first. That is one reason why he said uh, he's uh, he he moved to the APC. to the APC. So and whatever it is. Whatever position one takes, I think justifying your reason for taking that position is very important. You may not agree with uh, Chief Anikai, but he took a position, he said he has not regret, uh, but he also defended the, his position. You know, he, taking the, uh, just like what you said, they said it's not enough to hold an opinion, but giving reason for holding that opinion is as important as the opinion is as He said he owned up for all that he did before. And he didn't deny it. And he said changing position, which is also human. It is only human, even in strategy, military strategy, and every strategy about war and everything. When you go to war, you take one decision, you take one step, you have blind lesson, you look at it, you research a thing, you take another step. You don't remain static about it, but you have to give reason for holding that opinion. And I think listening to Jifanika today on the various platforms, he has just we don't have to agree with him. Uh, for me, one issue that I raised that I think I about is about putting Nigeria first. Anything, whatever, if you other party, a or party B, the survivor of this country should be paramount. Because Nigeria has to exist first before you even uh, talk about uh, any any, uh, any other political party. Unlike the, we talk about the rider. Even uh, in Amdikano and San Diego, they are Nigerians. Yeah, they are, they are not yet out of Nigeria. They want out. So if they retreat themselves and change their position and say they choose to uh, join APC, they have the right to join APC. You what? understand? They are Nigerians. Yeah, they do. Is there anything in the law, uh, Madam? Is there anything in the law that says that if today Nnamdi Kano and Tony Ogose we, 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 we no longer want out of Nigeria, we are no longer going to stay ahead in Nigeria and that all their thoughts and their position on the past was in error. They are redressing their state and the party they want to join APC will live for present, prevent them. You can't present it. The president. One thing that surprised me was why some Nigerians are I don't know why. Politicians are changing their party. They also take the matter. They take over personal. Yes. Somebody is taking his own decision. My sister, this is a personal decision. A man took a decision to be against President Buhari, and he did it very well. He was in the opposition party, and it's a battle, like he said. Uh, it's a battle. Let me. Let me. He the battle. <laughs> eh? He was in PDP. He was fighting a battle, and he would. The, 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 he worked based on information available to him, which was his weapon. He weaponized all the information available to him against APC and the party. And he was consistent then. And after some time, through uh, contact with uh, party member governors and his friends who are in the political party, and maybe in direct contact with the president or those close to the president, he now discovered that the president is not what was sold to him. In 2015 or maybe even up to 2019, he, he, he felt that the president is different. And also based on the position is position on Nigeria today. The need to keep Nigeria one is no longer going to belong to where it belongs before, and he has moved. So he is right within his purview as a Nigerian as an adult 
to, to take that decision. And I, I don't feel, I don't think the way, like you said, the way some Nigerians take it. Yeah. So, so, uh, so Arsenal. Then it surprised me. Most of them are actually the things that are Nigerians who are actually sitting in the fence. So, they want certain person to be certain way. So, they want certain person to keep shouting. To keep shouting. Or to keep saying something. He or she doesn't feed their narrative. Exactly. Yeah. So we are all Nigerians. We can be members of political parties. We can take the bull by the own. We don't expect one person to always satisfy our desires. I don't whatever think it's fair. Whatever, whatever. I listen to Chimpanika again. I am not his one. I don't have exactly. any contact well, with him. Well, I listen to right. him on channel. But every other thing that Chimpanika said, the one that I feel that is Nigeria first. Mm. This, this, that the that Nigeria, with all the people who will need to come together. And everything we are saying here about everything from Lentless is about Nigeria. It's about the need for Nigeria to remain one. And like you said, if people want him to continue to abuse and do this, and because he's not doing it, they are not happy with him, that is their business, like you said. So and I think we shouldn't take it too personal about uh, somebody who has taken a decision is another. And uh, like he said, when he was abusing people, nobody was saying why was he not, and uh, why did he remain there. Now that he decided to embrace uh, change, he has seen the new Buhari that people saw in 2015 and 2019, and he has joined forces to Buhari on the fact the desire to keep Nigeria one going forward. I mean, that is uh, what I, I am sure, even Nandi Kanu, his friend, and Sunday gone, who he didn't deny. By seeing the step taken by Chipanika, they will now leave him from the prison and they will go in the Benefort to tell them, look, this is the way to go. Let's, know, let's forget about the issue of Odudua uh, uh, Nation or Biafra Republic and come and join forces and build a better Nigeria. And if they come back, I'm sure they have the right within the Nigerian constitution to join whatever political party they want to join, including the ruling party, the APC. Oh, but there is there anything, any law against it, Madam? No, 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 we don't have any law against it. Well, uh, we need to go back to the foundation of leadership. There is one story uh, trending on the headlines this morning. is on the leadership and also your paper yes. group, president of the you know, Nigerian economist, mm -hmm. polymath and politician, yeah. Dr. Obadaya Milafia. Dr. Obadaya Milafia died yesterday at the specialist hospital in Bangladesh, here in Abuja, from COVID-19 related Complete allocation. I don't know. What's your opinion? Is it? Is it? Uh, I, 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 it's, it's a very personal loss to me. Uh, and for me, well, when I saw that, I called a senior colleague who posted it on his uh, wall, and I said that the doctor over there that I know is not what many Nigerians know. Mm -hmm. As a journalist, as we know, we always have the opportunity of personal interaction with very, very well many Nigerians. I recall, I think it was 2018, 2008, 2009, uh, we were doing a cover then in a magazine, the market magazine, and uh, the controversy, for do you remember the controversy around uh, Islamic banking? Yes, yes, yes. yes and yes. also, Badia, a colleague of mine, I mean, that was when he was deputy governor. He had just left as deputy governor. You know, so the, a colleague took me to the Badia in his office in Metama, and uh, we had an interview. And the way of Obadiah defended Islamic banking told me he taught Islamic banking when he was in Oxford University then and all of that. That shaped my 
perception uh, and about him and all of that. And uh, whatever anybody say about Dr. Obadia, Dr. Obadia is one Nigeria who is committed to seeing a better Nigeria. Whatever you may say about him, is, he has never wavered in his commitment. And sometimes we grow in life, our commitment to certain goals becomes more more definite, you know, or definitive uh, in the process. So, uh, I think this is not just a loss to his family, but to Nigeria as a whole. He has remained very consistent. Uh, uh, somebody, and I, and I hope that uh, those who love will find a way to remember him. Uh, all of us, so rest in peace. My prayers also go to the family and companies. But this is one. Uh, I was just going through the old hotel magazine to look at for the, the interview that I had with him because uh, at that point, if you recall, being a Christian, you know, at that point, even at the National Assembly and the whole of Nigeria, Islamic banking <laughs> was new, it was dis- discussed along religious and ethnic lines. But of the Abadiyadi is a man is a Christian, you know, of course, from northern part of the country, but he stood this guy and said, Look, you bring everybody that is talking about Islamic banking is talking about the act of ignorance that Western nations have been raising long ago. And you told I said, I taught it in, uh, in, the, in the UK, in Oxford University as, as a lecturer before I returned to Nigeria. So this is it, this is it, and all of that. So I hope that uh, we should not define Dr. Obadia from one instance ago. We should look at him as a brand, you know, as a Nigerian brand who took position on such issue based on his conditions. That is very important. We must not summarize him based on one instance or one of his comments or not. We must look at the whole Dr. Obadia, who he is as a Nigerian, as an intellectual, as somebody who takes his claim rather than being passive or being active like some of us. We can decide not to come to TV and talk and all of that. But we feel that this is our country. We have a right and responsibility to continue to share our opinion and all of that. I think that was what Dr. Obadia I think what matters to us in Nigeria today should be leadership that will tackle the various debilitating socio-economic challenges of to the country, ranging from rising insecurity with terrorists, armed men, bandits and other criminal killings and maiming innocent Nigerians, including women and children, kidnappings, worsening unemployment, widespread poverty across the land, double-digit inflation, rising cost of living and tense atmosphere, engendered by activities of secessionist groups and not ethnic But I think this comment from Bayo Amadou actually aligns with submission yes. from our guest analyst mm-hmm. this morning. And many thanks to you, Jipin Baba, Ndache, and security analyst, Public affairs analyst as well, journalist with the groupings, uh, newspaper here in Abuja. Thank you for, for coming. And of course, uh, my cool presenter, Winifred, for the moment. It's time to go. Thank you so much, viewers, for keeping faith with us today and for being with us part of the program. And for today, once again, nice having you. Thank you. Thank you so much. You need to slow down sometime, Exactly. Exactly. All right, for me, for the Gladiator. It's time to go to the Davidoff Mode, 10 a.m. from another edition of Inside Nigeria. Bye for now.
This program is brought to you by Leadership Podcast from the table of Leadership Media Group.